Today we are making an introduction to the prophetic book of Jeremiah. An introduction to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah the prophet of the broken heart is the writer of the book we are considering today. It is one of the most remarkable books in the Bible. By the way, every book in the Bible is remarkable. But this book is remarkable in a very unusual way. Most of the prophets hid themselves and maintain a character of anonymity. They do not project themselves on the pages of their prophecy. But Jeremiah is a prophet whose prophecy is largely autobiographical, meaning to say that prophecy is gripped together with the story of his own life. His prophecy, as you go through it, you get the glimpse into the story of Jeremiah. He gives us much of his own personal history. Actually, it will be important to run through the list of the facts about this person, Jeremiah, so that you will know him even when you meet him in this book. You will know the person whom you are supposed to meet every time you are reading the book of Jeremiah. To begin with, Jeremiah was born a priest in Anatoth, which is north of Jerusalem, according to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1. He was chosen to be a prophet before he was born, according to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Isn't that amazing? He was also called to the prophetic office while he was still a very young person. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 6. Jeremiah was commissioned by God to be a prophet. It's God himself who commissioned him. We find this in Jeremiah 1, verse 9 and verse 10. Jeremiah also began his ministry during the reign of King Josiah and was a mourner at Josiah's funeral. We find that record in Second Chronicles 35, verse 25. Jeremiah was forbidden to marry because of the terrible times in which he lived. Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 1 to verse 4. Jeremiah never made one convert, yet he was such a preacher. He was rejected by his people. The story of his rejection is there. In Jeremiah 11, verse 18 to 21, Jeremiah 12, verse 6, Jeremiah 18, verse 18. Not only was he rejected, he was hurted, he was beaten, he was put even in stocks. In Jeremiah 20, verse 1 to verse 3, we see that record. Jeremiah was imprisoned. He was charged with being a traitor. Jeremiah 37, verse 11 to verse 16. Jeremiah had a message which broke his own heart. Jeremiah 9, verse 1. He wanted to resign, but God would not allow him to resign. Jeremiah 20, verse 9. He saw the destruction of Jerusalem and the Babylonian captivity. You see, this man was permitted to remain in the land by the captain of the Babylonian forces when the remnant wanted to flee to Egypt. Jeremiah prophesied against it. Jeremiah 42 verse 15 to 43 verse 3. Then he was forced to go with the remnant to Egypt according to Jeremiah 40. 
3 verse 6 to verse 7. And we are told he died there. Tradition says that he was stoned by the remnant Israel. So you can tell that the whole story, instead of just pronouncing the pronouncements of what God is saying, he brings out the storyline of his life. Unlike many of the other prophets, once they are introduced, everything becomes prophetic. Because of that, this is why I said this book is indeed a very remarkable book. It is outstanding in its own right. So Jeremiah was a remarkable man. I call him God's crybaby, but not in a derogatory sense, really. He was a man in tears most of his time. For God chose this man who had a mother's heart, a trembling voice, and a tear-filled eyes to deliver a harsh message of judgment. The message that he gave broke his own heart. Jeremiah was a great man of God. And truthfully, I don't think that you and I would have chosen this kind of a man to give a harsh message. Maybe you would have chosen someone who is very harsh, who appears to be tough-hearted, tough-minded to deliver the message. We would have selected a hard-boiled person to give a hard-boiled message. God didn't choose that kind of a man. He chose a man with a tender and compassionate heart. Lord McNally said this concerning Jeremiah, and it is profound what he said in the studies in the prophecy of Jeremiah. It is difficult to conceive any situation more painful than that of a great man condemned to watch the lingering agony of an exhausted country to tend it during the alternate feats of stupefaction and ravaging which precede its dissolution, and to see the symptoms of vitality disappear one by one, till nothing is left but coldness, darkness, and corruption. Indeed, this must have been very difficult for Jeremiah, and these words have just captured what must have happened to him in terms of his feelings. A man of compassion, a man with a tender heart, yet he has to witness all of this. What is God saying? Well, this was the position and the call of Jeremiah. He stood by and saw his people go into captivity. Dr. Mohead has given us this graphic picture of him. Again, he says, It was Jeremiah's lot to prophesy at a time when all things in Judah were rushing down to the final and mournful catastrophe, when political excitement was at its height, when the West passions swayed the various parties and the most fatal counsels prevailed. It was his to stand in the way over which his nation was rushing headlong to destruction, to make an heroic effort to arrest it and to turn it back and to fail and to be compelled to step to one side and see his own people, whom he loved with the tenderness of a woman, plunge over the precipices into the wide, weltering ruin. Another author has written to say, He was not a man mighty as Elijah, eloquent as Isaiah, or seraphic as Ezekiel, 
but one who was timid and shrinking, conscious of his own helplessness, yearning for a sympathy and love he never was to know. Such was the chosen organ through which the word of the Lord came to that corrupt and degenerate age. That is amazing. Why is God doing this? And indeed, God was feeling as much as Jeremiah felt with his compassion, with his tender heart. God always felt the pain. Yet he too watched his people going away from him into sinfulness. And so the picture is even contained in the experience or the autobiography there that we see of Jeremiah. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Matthew 16, verse 13 to 14. You see, there was a difference of opinion, and none of them seemed to really know who he was. People had some good reasons for thinking he was Elijah, and also good reasons for thinking that he was John the Baptist. Now there were those who thought he was Jeremiah, and they had a very good reason for believing it, because Jeremiah was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. A picture of the Lord Jesus. The difference between Jeremiah and the Lord Jesus was that the Lord Jesus was bearing our sorrows and our grief, while Jeremiah was carrying his own burden, and it was breaking his own heart. He went to the Lord one time and said, I can't keep on. The thing is tearing me to pieces. I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. Yet better get someone else do this work, Lord. The Lord said to him, All right, but I'll just hold your resignation here on my desk. Because really, I think you will be back. Jeremiah indeed came back and said, The word of the Lord was like fire in my bones. I had to give it out. He did that even though it broke his own heart. God wanted that kind of a man because he was the right kind of a man to give a harsh message. God wanted the children of Israel to know that although he was sending them into captivity and was judging them, it was breaking his heart. Isaiah says, judgment is God's strange work. Isaiah 28 verse 21. So Jeremiah is an outstanding man here, very amazing. Also, Jeremiah began his ministry about a century after Isaiah. He began his work during the reign of King Josiah, and he continued right on through the Babylonian captivity. He is one who predicted the 70 years of captivity in Babylon. He also saw beyond the darkness of the captivity to the light. An amazing Man of God. No other prophet spoke so glowingly of the future but Jeremiah. We will have occasion actually to see that as we study this marvelous prophecy. The message of Jeremiah was the most unwelcome message ever delivered to a people and it was rejected. He was called a traitor to his country because he said that they were to yield to Babylon. Isaiah 
almost a century before him, had said to resist. Why this change? And in Jeremiah's day, there was only one thing to do, that was to surrender. In the economy of God, the nation was through. The times of the Gentiles had already begun with Babylon as the head of the gold of Daniel chapter 2. Characterizing Jeremiah's message is the word backsliding, which occurs 13 times in this book. It is a word that is used only four times in the Old Testament. That means nine times is elsewhere. Once in Proverbs and three times in Hosea's message, it is also that message of backsliding. The name that predominates the book of Jeremiah is Babylon, which occurs 164 times in the book, more than in the rest of scripture combined. So Babylon became the enemy. Babylon became the enemy. Now here is Dr. McGee's suggested outline of this wonderful prophecy. You can safely say that this prophecy actually can be divided into seven major sections. And the major sections that I would like to highlight, the first one is the call of the prophet, which is during the reign of Josiah. That is the subject of chapter 1. Chapter 2 to chapter 20, actually, there are prophecies to Judah and Jerusalem prior to Zedekiah's reign. Then, chapters 21 to chapter 29, there are prophecies during the reign of Zedekiah. Chapters 30 to 39 is the prophecies regarding the future of the 12 tribes of Judah. Then, chapters 40 to 42 is the prophecies of the remnant left in the land after the destruction of Jerusalem. Chapters 43 to 51, the prophecies during Jeremiah's last days in Egypt. And finally, chapter 52, the fulfillment of prophesied destruction of Jerusalem. So these are the broad categories, all of them seven if you like. So in chapter 1, we simply see the call of the prophet. The prophet is called to this work. Uh, the details are simply centered around the call. But chapter 2 to chapter 20, which has the prophecies to Judah and Jerusalem prior to Zedekiah's reign, has its details. The first thing to note is that you have the twofold condemnation of Judah that is in chapters 2 to chapter 3 verse 5. You see, they rejected Jehovah. They also reared their own gods and therefore the twofold condemnation is given. Chapter 3 verse 6 to chapter 6, you have the charge of backsliding during the reign of Josiah. Chapter 7 to chapter 10, you have the warning delivered in the gate of the Lord's house. Chapter 11 to 12, Israel disobeyed God's covenant made in the wilderness. Chapter 13 is the parable in action, that is the linen girdle 
is in that chapter. Then chapter 14 to 15 is the backsliding nation judged by drought and famine. Chapter 16 and 17, Jeremiah forbidden to marry. And that is up to chapter 17, verse 18. Then chapter 17, verse 19 to chapter 27 is the message to the king in the gate. Chapter 16 to chapter 17, we see Jeremiah is forbidden to marry. And then the message to the king in the gate is chapter 17, verse 19 to verse 27. The sign at the potter's house is chapter 18 to chapter 19. And chapter 20 is Jeremiah's persecution. That concludes the details of the second major section in this outline. The third section of the outline talks of the prophecies during the reign of Zedekiah, chapters 21 to chapter 29. The details of this section is that the answer to Zedekiah regarding Nebuchadnezzar is given in chapters 1 to chapter 22. The bright light in a very dark day is the subject of chapter 23. The parable of two baskets of figs is the subject of chapter 24. God spells out 70-year captivity in chapter 25. The message in the temple court during the reign of Jehoiakim is the subject of chapter 26. Parables of, of Yorks is the subject of chapter 27 and chapter 28. And finally, chapter 29, the message of hope to the first delegation of the captives. That concludes the third section in the outline. The fourth section in the outline here tells us of the prophecies regarding the future of the twelve tribes and Judah's near captivity. That is the subject of chapters 30 to chapter 39. Now, what are the details of this section? The details of the section are as follows. The coming great tribulation is the theme of chapter 30. The I will chapter there is chapter 31. Jeremiah's imprisonment and how he buys the real estate is the subject of chapter 32. God's coming kingdom as promised to David is the subject of chapter 33. Zedekiah's captivity is foretold in chapter 34. Then the Rechabites obey God in chapter 35. Jehoiakim destroys the word of God, and that said story is in chapter 36. Then Jeremiah is imprisoned in chapter 37 to chapter 38. Finally, in the fourth section of our outline, Judah goes into captivity. Jeremiah is released from prison in Jeremiah chapter 39. The fifth section or the fifth division of our outline concerns the prophecies to the remnant left after the destruction of Jerusalem. And we find these talked about in chapters 40 to chapter 42. Those prophecies are straightforward talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. Then the sixth Subdivision or the sixth major section of our outline 
Here talks of the prophecies during Jeremiah's last days in Egypt. That's the subject of chapter 43 to 51. What are the details thereof? Well, the prophecies to the remnant in Egypt, chapters 43 and 44. The prophecies to Baruch in chapter 45. The prophecies to Egypt in chapter 46. The prophecies to Philistia, uh, chapter 47. Then the prophecies concerning Moab, chapter 48. The prophecies to Ammon, Edom, Damascus, Kedar, Huzza, Elam are dealt with in chapter 49. Then finally, chapter 50 and 51 talks of the prophecies to Babylon. Again, these are prophecies during Jeremiah's last days in Egypt. Finally, the last section, which is the seventh section of the outline, is the fulfillment of prophesied destruction of Jerusalem. That is the theme of chapter 52. Now, my friend, as you consider the world and its people, what is it that makes you weep? Is there anything that breaks your heart, that tears you apart with either outrage or sorrow? Well, the prophet Jeremiah felt deep affection for his nation. That's why he was heartbroken when he realized the extent of his people's sin and anguish as he foresaw the judgment that was coming upon them. His grief is expressed so frequently and poignantly in the books of Jeremiah and Lamentations that he had been called the weeping prophet. Anyone who thinks of a prophet as just an angry malcontent railing against society would do well to consider Jeremiah. His righteous anger was largely fueled by passion for his people. The world still needs Jeremiah's today. As we will go through the sobering message, the sobering words of Jeremiah, I invite you, my friend, to consider whether your heart is sensitive enough to God and tender enough towards God's people to cry out over injustice, to cry out over immorality, to cry out over adultery, idolatry, and other evils that plague our society in Africa, in the whole world? Or has your heart grown so calloused and cynical that these things just happen and they never touch your heart? May God give us more Jeremiah's in our time. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code 27 followed by 72641-4475. From within South Africa, it's 072-641-4475.